Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, the word is out. They're going to talk about Broadcasting from the Lush But Not Lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Films, Narcitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 621, Wonder Woman 1984. <sighs> uh, Set your phasers for snark. <laughs> do do the plugs, because this is going to be one of those episodes. <laughs> I guess let's... Uh, let's uh, well, this movie is kind of a plug. Yeah, it's a plug, all right. <laughs> and not in the fun so, way. <laughs> So, hmm, that's a little insight into Joe. So, <laughs> and uh, the return of Creeperoo. <laughs> that's not fair. Yeah, well, hey, his what what he's into is his business, man. True. So let's go True. around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and rate, review, subscribe. Uh, it helps us tremendously, which is why we uh, never shut up about it. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash realspoilers, where uh, you can like the page and join the group. Uh, the activity is a little bit more interesting in the group. You can actually kind of start your own conversation and people will see it, unlike on a page. So that's the difference between the two. The league, uh, the 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 group is called the League of Show Sharers uh, because we're hoping you will share an episode. People who were kind enough to share an episode this week include Librarian Cynthia, Ralph Tribble, Travis Tewitt, Laura Connolly Quiddick, Heather Sachs, Julianne Jordan, Chris Williams, Ron Johnson, Carl Clarkson, Chris Falls, the Minorities Report podcast, Invasion of the Remake, M N Miller, Geek to Me Radio, Michael Dean, Mike Mike and Oscar, Ronnie Castle, Nerd Revert, the Movie Journey podcast, Feel and Film, Matt Neglia. Rosa at Latina X Lens, Colby Mack, In Session Film, and the Four is a Crowd podcast. So thank you very much for sharing an episode. And if you just want to help out 
a little bit more, go that extra mile, uh, you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash spoilers. where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help out, and we are appreciative extraly. So there's all that. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, <sighs> woof. Wow. Gee, I, I'll t- first of all, I will tell you right now, they are lucky they have the excuse of the pandemic and going to streaming. Yeah. Because... I don't it's, think this. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It how, is like the, a different, the drop in quality. Yeah, it, with the same creative team. Does it not seem like a different director took over? How could yeah. Patty Jenkins, who made the first one, which I loved, the first one is so good, so so good. Yep. How is it the same people in charge of this movie? It my, is such a drastic change. My new theory is that DC can only make a good comic book movie on accident. I don't I mean I don't think they can do it on purpose. It's like it's it's like when they make a good one, it it's it's the exception to the rule and it's almost by happenstance. It's like if you make enough of these movies, eventually one or two of them is going to be good. And I, I almost feel like that's what we're dealing with because this movie is Bad. I mean, it is it is aggressively mediocre. And I know I'm, it's and I'm set in nineteen eighty four. Mediocre at best. I know it's set in nineteen eighty four, but was it made in nineteen eighty four? Like it. I don't know if that was like the the thing they were trying to do was like to give it a like a feel of something that was made in nineteen eighty four. But but like but that. But it doesn't feel like nineteen. Other than horrible computer graphics, it doesn't feel like nineteen eighty four. Once they leave the mall, well, here's what makes right. feel like Here's what makes it feel like nineteen eighty four to me. Because if you go back and watch those old, older superhero movies, and really this is more of a thing of the '90s, because Batman's '89, so everything after that. But, but, uh, but they just always kind of had this vibe of like they had written all the ac- action scenes first, mm-hmm. and then they try to like leapfrog, create some connective tissue to get you from thing to thing after that. But there's, I don't think Superman feels that way. But there's never really all that much of a cohesive flow. You know, I think Superman one and two feel feel like they're Superman one, but not Superman two. I don't think. Okay, and and uh, um, but maybe it depends on the cut. Yeah, that's true too. But but it so it just feels like it's I don't know. Like it's just it's none of it feels. I hate to say it's real because it's a comic book movie, but like none of it feels like a real world. It's just. It's it's you've got your four main characters and then everybody else is just an extra and it just yeah. feels that way. It just tangibly feels that way. Where when you go to even a movie like like the Spider Man movies, the the new ones, mm-hmm. and like they don't feel that way. Like mm-hmm. you see all the kids in the hall and like that seems like they, that seems like a real lived in world in a way that this does not. This, yes, this never I... stops feeling like the the pre-roll to a theme park ride. Right. Yes. When I was watching this movie, I was watching extras and they just felt like there were, you know, you extra walk in front of the screen here. It, it, it it feels so stale and stiff. Like I, there's no life to this. And here's the weird part, right? Is I'm sitting there watching it with my wife who is starts crying. Like she's crying at the scene where, you know, I I don't care. We're just going to bounce around. Uh, when Steve has to give up, yeah, like well, that's, openly, I'm... openly weeping, and then when she learns to fly, like again, oh. openly weeping, oh. and it's like, and I looked at her, and I and I tried to say this as nicely as possible, 
But I was just, like, okay, I get the scene when Steve, when she has yeah. to renounce her wish with Steve. Yeah, okay, Katie's that's like, fine. Katie's like, oh, that's heartbreaking. You yeah, know? like, even, like, I mean, that is the one scene where you're just like, if you could at least relate to the character, you're like, well, yeah, that really sucks. That's it, a right. Decision. And honestly, the only reason you relate to that scene is because of the last movie. Yes, right, because of because all of they this. built. Right, right. Of course, that is. I, an, I have huge. Okay. Dude, she's but, having sex with a random dude in this movie. That's a little weird. <laughs> Steve, who, okay. who like is not Steve. Yeah, like Steve, he, mentally he's Steve. Yeah, but it's just but like not Steve's, physically. Steve's, Steve's consciousness, because his body is blown up 80 years <laughs> earlier or whatever, or 60 years earlier, it's like he's okay he's in this other body and you only I mean, it's pretty cheap the way that okay oh I'm, yeah yeah when i see the trailers like i didn't watch maybe all the trailers but you know i saw clips and whatnot and i saw chris pines in the movie and i'm like i don't want to know anything else i want to have it revealed in the movie so i didn't know anything and i guess maybe no one knew but i'm like okay how are they going to bring back steve trevor that's really interesting because chris pine looks like he's in a good chunk of this movie and the device they use oh my god is it's, that it's, it's, it's terrible it's like, not him it's just another dude and she's like i can only see you and so we <laughs> only see chris pine the whole time but it's such a cheap way to, well to not only chris is that pine back. not only is that cheap but just the whole thing that brings him back is cheap like they found a plot device lamer than time travel <laughs> a like, wishing just, stone <laughs> like i wish like i mean yeah like i wish you'd have kept him alive at the end of the last movie but you didn't and or so, or right you off. make him like if you want to have connective tissue have him be the martian manhunter right like if you're going to introduce him anyway have have john stewart i don't know not the or john jones rather accidentally see a see a video of steve trevor and take on that body right and it would have been of, interesting if some, right? how, something some else way, besides a him, stupid wish right bring him back the way they brought him back was that only wonder woman sees him we're right. only see him because she says i can only see you because she's talked to him for one minute and now she can only see it's like it, it's just a really really lame thing i and mean luckily he fell into the body of someone with with model muscles <laughs> yeah, right 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 <laughs> I also I also have a what huge they should have done if they if they were going to be cutesy and, and stupid about it, they should have used CGI to make the guy he whose body he's inhabiting because you only see him like three times in the movie. Right. So they could have totally CGI this. They could have deep faked it. They should have made it Lyle Wagner. Oh, that, I mean, that was, the, he played Steve Trevor in the show. Yeah, he played Steve Trevor oh. in the show that was on in the late seventies. And like, don't worry, they got cutesy enough with the end. They do. But, like, yeah. that would have been, to me, like, that would have been a good wink and a nod of, of have him fall into that body. And then just, but then you don't really see it for the rest of the movie. Right. Like, I think this movie, like, they think that they're like, oh, we're going to go in a different direction and just be like this goofy comic book movie, which would have been okay if they had been. But a, they didn't lean into it, had, it. If it had been a good goofy comic book movie. This, but, they, I mean, but, but it's just, the tone is disjointed, though, see? Because when the movie starts off, which the beginning is horrific, the first thing you see. Oh, wait, you mean the, the, the mascara scene or the mall yes, scene? The, be the beginning. I didn't the, mind the, that as much. Uh, but it looked horrific. That's it's the dead. problem, is that it looked so bad. You introduced a movie, your first scene of a movie is some of the worst CG that looks like it was done 10 years ago. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it is horrible. Yeah. It looks so, like cut scenes from uh what what was that uh Tomb Raider? No, what was the, the PS1 version? 
was it Xena? What was the show that was? Oh, oh yeah, Xena, Xena Warrior yeah. Princess. Yeah, it looked yeah. like yeah. cutscenes from Xena. Like it yeah. was, like it was, it, it was rough. And then, and then they're running and having this competition, but they give you no insight as to what the actual competition is. So, like, but you don't know if they're doing good, bad. Like, I, I don't know. But what. why is Diana even involved in this? Because she's yeah, the why star would her of mom, the movie. Why would but, her mom but, I mean, allow like her, her to do? Doesn't her mom like not? So that's want the whole thing in the comics, the, right? Is she, in the comic books, her mo- yeah, you're right, Kevin. Her mother will not allow her to compete. So what she does is she wears like a helmet so that nobody can see her face, and yeah. she destroys the competition. And then after she's won, like her mother says, "Take off your helmet," kind of like uh, Maximus in Gladiator. Mm-hmm. And she takes off her helmet. It's Diana, and they are, and her mom is livid, yeah, because Diana disobeyed her. Isn't that a plot so, the, point in the first movie? I think, is I that Robin, pop, like, Wright yeah, Robin Wright is training her, her in, in secret. secret? Yeah. Her, so like now her mom is just like, oh yeah, just compete with the other Amazons because this does not. This goes against <laughs> like, uh, and here's the thing: is uh, I have read a lot of Wonder Woman comics, but there's no there's no one story that makes me want to stay with it, right? Like there's never been, uh, with the exception of the Brian Azzarello run, which I think we had a guest on for our first Wonder Woman episode and she was not a fan of that run but I think it's the it's the only run in comics that I stuck with up until the end Wonder Woman like this does not feel like a Wonder Woman movie this does not feel like the same character that we saw in BVS which as bad as that movie is her her scenes are really good you get an idea of who she is she's a badass in uh the first Wonder Woman and in this one she's like a lovesick puppy I'll it's tell like, you what. What are we doing? Like this I, is not the same character. I think this movie beats Suicide Squad for worst movie. Oh, ooh. I I mean I hate Suicide Maybe. Squad, but I honestly think I would watch Suicide Squad before I watch this again. Which one's shorter? <laughs> this is two and a half hours, Tom. Th- there's know, no reason I, this needs to I be two and a half Suicide hours. Suicide Squad was pretty long too. Not two and a half hours. This is th- they could have cut thirty minutes from this movie easy. Yeah, this is bloated. Yeah, this is for I, I don't like no to reason. me. If you're gonna give it a two hour to a, a two and a half to three hour runtime, you need to save Suicide that. Suicide Squad was ones. two hours and seventeen minutes. So like, okay, that's, that's well. not radically different. But <laughs> do but, you want to uh, get out of there thirteen minutes sooner? <laughs> I I still think. I, Suicide I think Squad that, has better action, I think, than this. I, I mean, it has action. This movie like does nothing <laughs> for like an hour. <laughs> well, but I don't know. I still think this movie is more watchable than Suicide Squad. Uh, but I mean, it's uh, it's. I mean, I mean, the bar is pretty low, right? Yeah, like you know, you're. Uh, it, this just it, this felt so different from any version of the character we've seen before. The, you've got this Amazon princess who can't function in real life without steve trevor who at this point steve trevor's been gone for well she's functioning she's just 60 years but she's just kind of going through the motions but i mean she's uh you know a a whatever what does she do so something something she's like like a curator of ancient artifacts for the smithsonian okay that's so, what I, mean, I, I mean. That's pretty much if that's what if you're going to be a curator of ancient artifacts the smithsonian's pretty much the pinnacle. No, that's fine. I have no so, problem I mean, with that. She's, it's so, just, she's functioning, but she's also just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, the the light is brought back into her life when she sees, and she's tr- Steve Trevor again. I also don't, like, the first movie, I thought, made it pretty clear that Wonder Woman was bi. And that just, oh, that, for sure. And, and that, so, but then, like, 
But so it's like, but it also kind of feels like a like a cheat to be like, oh, she's bi, but she's so in love with this man that she'll never be with anybody else for sixty years. Like, right? It just, just seems like a and way they, to not have well, to tell that knew, story. She only knew Steve for a week. I mean, yeah. I know she really loved him and everything, but. I just don't know if you would go 60 years uh, based on, uh, like, I feel like eventually you might move forward. I don't know. That's a pretty short amount of time. I don't know. Well, it's also kind of like, I mean, (laughs) people lose spouses and they move on. And eventually, eventually. Yeah. like, and she's immortal, so it's not like she's getting older, right? So, like, what? That's also kind of a Pecan? thing to say to people who have lost a spouse and gotten remarried. I didn't even think about that. that it's like, oh, that. I guess you just didn't love them enough because she waited <laughs> sixty years and waited for a lame, stupid plot device to bring him back in her life. <laughs> a completely random. Well, guy at, least, at least Steve is like, I hope that's not true at the end when she says she won't love again, because that's the thing. They, they, they. Pigeonhole her into that, and that's that, awful, right? This yeah. one, this character supposed to be this feminist icon, and basically right. the movie ends with her man giving her permission to move on. Now that he's been dead for three generations, <laughs> <laughs> that, I think Classic. that's one of the things that they've always they've always kind of hinted at Diana and Clark as a thing. Yeah, they've because, always flirted with that because they both will outlive everyone. Right, oh, like and no, they don't have to hold back oh. when they do it. That's true. They can just go right. for it. Yeah, because yes. it's we like, lost. you know, yeah, no. So they and they were a thing. They were a, in the new fifty two. They got rid of Lois and Clark, and they put Lo, Clark and Diana together as a couple, and yeah. it was fine. Like it made sense. That, it like, makes perfect. Mark sense. Wade did it. <laughs> it I mean, at the end of Kingdom sense. Come, she's pregnant with his baby. I, it's you know, like, like they're the only. They're the that's two. why it's called Kingdom. Come, uh, yeah. See, uh, that's yeah. the other version, but yes. right, right, right. But they're yeah. the two <laughs> most powerful people that don't age like normal people. So it's like they, it it's, makes sense. It's, 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 yeah, it's only a matter. Of, but in this, it, it, there's just so like, as I'm watching this movie, it's it's unbelievable how different she is. She, we barely see her in the suit, which whatever. Like she two does, the scenes suit, of her. Is the Wonder suit Woman. doesn't make her Wonder Woman, right? But we don't see her. I mean, the, what was the was it Justice League or was it the first Wonder Woman where we get that whole scene where she tears apart like those terrorists? Is it Justice League? It sounds like a Justice League thing. If she's tearing people apart, I think it. I think where she where she jumps like into a building and she ends up beating up. You know, she's sliding across the floor. Oh, that was it is Justice League because they made a big deal about seeing her butt. Yeah, like Zack Snyder made sure you could see the oh, like the yeah. curves of yeah. her butt. <laughs> And I just, it's getting to a point with DC where it's like, just stop. Like, for, I mean, just stop making movies or shuck this whole thing and restart it. Well, here's the deal that I thought was really irritating. So, I mean, one of the many things, but they completely changed the tone from the first one, which, if you're going to do that, that's fine, but you have to do it right. And so this movie starts off horrible cgi aside the point i was trying to make earlier was you start off and you see this terrible cg and you're like oh this is awful what a terrible way to introduce you to this movie you know looking wise the competition wasn't the problem but then you go to the um the whole um, mall the mall thing right wow it's it's so cheesy the action's so cheesy but i'm of two minds here so here's the deal if you nail the tone and you're making a cheesy 80s movie then make it a cheesy 80s movie the entire time 
but it's so disjointed on the tone because you get this really cheesiness, but then they go back to being so serious and, you know, like a serious DC movie, but then they go back to being really cheesy. Sometimes it's like either have fun with it, either be really goofy and be like, Oh, this is an, this is an homage to the old superhero stuff. Right. And and we're just going to cheese it up the whole time or go back to your serious tone. But it's like, I didn't know what movie I was watching at what point, And it really got messy. Well, and it's, it's a complaint I have about a lot of the superhero movies is that they're, a col- they're a collection of scenes, not, yes. not a cohesive narrative. And that, and right. that's ultimately what you're saying is that like, right. there's like, okay, now let's shoot the scene where this happens. Now let's shoot the scene where this happens. And they, and they string them all together and it, it imitates a cohesive story, but it never really feels like an organic story being told. Like, there's not, I don't know, it's just, well, the, it's bad. The, the cheetah stuff is supposed to be so serious and, like, heartbreaking and that, you know, the, oh, I mean, first of all, cheetah's just Selena Kyle from Batman Returns. Right. That's the exact same it's, character. She's the Riddler. And she's he, the Riddler from Batman Forever. Here's the story. Like, it's the same cheetah thing. And cheetah and Diana need to be the love story. And they kind of hinted that, they, right? I like felt they, like they did, and then and and then they they didn't have the courage of their convictions. But like, yeah. to me, that's the story. Like, make I completely agree. You know, and but I think that they're worried about, which I get that. Like, you don't want to make it be like, oh, the spurned lesbian lover becomes of the supervillain. Like that looks like that's a commentary on, on. I think you could even stick with the same story where she is enamored with Diana. Yeah. And Diana, and she gets the powers, everything's the same, and Diana kind of tells her, we have to give this back, and now she's pissed, because yeah. I think I think that plays a little bit differently than the the, the spurned lover. I think her story still works, but it, there is an added element of them as a couple. But I, I think that there's a better story there than I agree. in all this Steve Trevor redux. Well, and then you're just going to kill him off again. Yeah. But the the deal is that works so well because we've seen it with Batman and Catwoman so much. Yeah, that relationship works so well, right? Seeing yeah. the you know the superhero, and then the you know you've got Selena Kyle who's doing her thing in normal life, and they don't necessarily know at least right away that one another are who they are, and then they have to struggle once they find out. It's like how do you deal with that dynamic? And it's really interesting. I, th- I think that the the advantage that batman and catwoman have is catwoman doesn't kill anybody right yeah, like she's, she's just thief. stealing she's just stealing stuff yeah which isn't that you know on on the batman scale is like all right you know you're lucky you're wearing that skin tight suit otherwise well, they take you to jail. also she st- she steals diamonds so like right. she's, she's steal- not she's stealing art and you know? she's stealing from people who can afford to lose it so like it's it's easier to be like to to have fun with a Catwoman character because she's not killing people and the people she's stealing from, you know, they always make sure to make sure that they show you that they're really pompous rich people, Correct. They're not even nice rich people. <laughs> where so, where this yeah. where Cheetah is like one step away from murdering people. Yeah, she's like the Punisher and yeah and Leopard Print. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I know Cheetah I like, Print, but it felt I redundant the, to say it that way. <laughs> like my favorite parts of this movie were the villain parts. I mean, I really. Aside from that, the writing of this movie was not on par to do them justice. But I thought that uh, Kristen Wiig was good, it, like mm-hmm. with what she was given. I liked the character. I liked her motivations. 
you know, her, the CG obviously was not good at all. But you mean you mean her as the cheetah? I didn't think that was awful. I would have much rather they been did practical, it in the dark. But they did the, it oh, in the dark. They so absolutely did. <laughs> okay, yeah. this movie is like, oh, this Wonder Woman flying looks really bad. Let's make it in the clouds, <laughs> yeah. and she's never so, gonna get a. Oh my god, it's like it's like cloud, cloud, lens flare, clouds. Cl- like right. It's they covered this movie up because it looked so. It terrible. is. It is. It is mind boggling to me that we can get something like Endgame from disney and marvel and warner brothers and dc are like oh i can't figure it out it's like what how i i cannot i cannot figure this out is like you have these two competing studios and marvel just i mean even their worst one aren't bad right we've said that a million times even iron man Oh, I would watch Thor, Thor two. I would watch, I'd watch Thor, Thor two, two over, a million times over this movie, a hundred percent, without question. And you know, and this is the thing too that I want to say that I know that you know we're probably getting halfway through this podcast, and I just want to reiterate because we live in this world now where when three guys don't like Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, it's because they're sexist. Like that's the assumption that people jump to. You know, no, it's, I think Wonder Woman is a fantastic character. I, and the like first I said, one was I've, great. Yes. yes. I I was tearing up during the first one. I thought those Themyscira scenes were so beautifully done in that first one. Seriously, it brought tears to my eyes. That well, this movie, this felt so rushed. Yeah. Like, just to get it out. And it's like, wh- why? But I just want to make that point because we live in that world where yeah. it's like, oh, you can't totally. review sure, sure, sure. a female superhero movie without people think you're, uh, you know, like even Matt Reedy said it on, on Facebook yesterday when I was, when people were talking about how bad it was. And he's like, what is this? Is this like some kind of Proud Boys, like alt-right movement or whatever? Like, cause I didn't think it was that bad. Like, even though he's joking, but, but seriously, when you, the mindset now is like, if you don't like something, people, at least the internet jumps to oh, it's a sexist thing. But it's like, you know, that's completely untrue, especially if you listen to the show. Well, and some of the things we're complaining about, I think, are its lack of feminism, right? The fact that Steve Trevor gives her permission to move on or the fact that she's essentially having non-consensual sex with a passed out man or a man who's no longer inhabiting so his creepy. physical being. If the genders were reversed on that, people would be, oh, it'd be, all, it'd be flipping ridiculous. out. Yeah, and, I mean, and, she is serious, like... This guy has no control over his body. First of all, where does his spirit go, right? Like, right. Where is this dude? Yeah, because the whole so, time I'm like, well, wait, if Steve Trevor stays around, like, what about this dude's life you just yeah, stole? Yeah, right, right, they right. They took over this guy's life, so we don't even know where he is. He's not getting to live his own life, so who knows what's happening there. And then Diana has sex with this guy who she who we know looks like this guy. So he doesn't look like Steve. So she's now had sex with this dude in his body and all that stuff. So like when they see each other later, I'm like, yeah, you two had sex. Like, right, 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 right. Really and strange. there was like a weird moment where I was like, is she going to ask him out? Because that's even weirder. I thought well, I that's, that's where we were headed too. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what they seem to be setting up. Because now she can move on, and it's like, oh well, I kind of. So now she can move guy. on with the guy who her dead boyfriend's body took, like, its spirit creepy. took over. It's like creepy. that's it's weird. I also didn't like the way that they presented anyone who flirted with her as a complete and utter asshole for doing it. Like, yes, there's a difference between being pushy or not taking no for an answer and making a romantic overture towards someone at a cocktail party, right? Like, <laughs> right, that's right like, right. like, you're at a cocktail party and you flirt with somebody and the movie paints this guy like he's the biggest in the world. Like, and it's just like, wait, wait, people are attracted to each other and sometimes <laughs> they end up in romantic relationships. Like, that's how it works. Like, it's not like he's this 
like, oh, I just this movie went way too over the top. Yes. in that whole the, thing, the guy they, in the park deserves to get his ass kicked. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, but the guy at the but party, even then, like, like the guy in the park was like so over the top, cartoony rapist. Yeah, that, I, that it was just like the fact that he shows up a second time. Right, like it's he's just <laughs> such a paper tiger that I mean, yeah, it's fun to watch her beat his ass, but at the same time, it's just like I don't know. He just it, happens. He just happens. Maybe that's to be just walking. the privilege of me being a dude. I'm like, it just seems a little over the top and on. The I can nose. I can accept a, a drunk guy being over the top. Yeah. What I think is weird is when he shows back up. Not in a park, yeah. Like just hanging just out on a street, corner on the street, that, drinking some mad dog out of yeah, a bottle the che- <laughs> the on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it it felt it, it that part did feel a little bit forced with all the people that like no one could say anything to her about. I mean, yeah, I agree with Tom on that one where you can't paint every single interaction as being that. Like that, that. That's the part. It, it, I don't know. Like the more I'm thinking about it, the more angry I'm getting. Like she, Wonder Woman can take down both Superman and Batman, right? Like, she is she is on par strength-wise with Superman, and her fighting ability is on the level of Batman. There's no reason that she should be not... I don't know, like, they're, they're, I feel like they neutered her in a, in a way. Spader, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, not, J- not James, James but, Spader. you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Though the James problem Spader with this, the <laughs> problem with her powers in this movie is that they take them away. This is her second movie, which could be an interesting story. It could right? be if she has to fight from the bottom. That's a weird. Say, that's a weird phrase. I did not mean it. <laughs> but like she, she's like she's the underdog. Out the park there, Joe. Yeah, right. Yeah. Waiting for but Jesus. This is her to second by. movie, and we hardly get to see her doing Wonder Woman stuff. And they took her powers away. It's right. like why tell that story when we haven't even hardly seen her? We've seen her in one kick-ass movie. And then they've taken it away. Where so like okay, if you're but gonna take regurg- her powers they're, they're away, they're regurgitating a bunch of superhero stuff, right? Like this is the plot of Superman two. Yeah, Superman. Superman gives up his powers in Superman two to be with Lois, and then realizes, oh, I've made a mistake. I need him back. Well, and yeah. she even ends up kind of fighting an evil Wonder Woman, right? Right. Like, right. But if you're gonna take her powers away, at least have the courtesy to team her up with a small boy and have Shane Black write the yes. script. <laughs> well, and that's that's what the point that I was gonna get to. So you can tell this story, but here's the deal. Iron Man doesn't have powers outside of his suit, and people Tony Stark is the interesting character. It's not yeah. Iron Man. He doesn't have powers. Iron Man's cool because Tony Stark invents a whole right. bunch of stuff. And so when you take his suits away, you still have Tony Stark. But with Wonder Woman, it's it's like she does all this kick-ass stuff and she has these powers. I don't know that I necessarily am wanting to see just Diana with, with not Steve Trevor. It's like, I wanted to see her do more kick-ass stuff like the first one. And so I don't know. Do I, I need to see her fight a giant CGI boss at the end of the movie? No. Which we got anyway. I was like, but you're gonna. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, like well, I, I want to see her. Fight. It's again, it's the same problem I had with everything else where, I feel like Gal Gadot could do these action sequences. We've seen her do them, but they zoom it like when the, in the cheetah fight, which is probably a way that they were just trying to cover up the CG for Kristen Wiig. But like you see her in the gold suit blocking everything with just the wings of the suit. Where did the gold suit come from? So okay, she goes up in the clouds and then she comes back down and she's got a gold suit on. So the gold suit. Well, she had it wrapped up. Remember, she showed it. She's like when she told the story of this thing to I think not Steve, Steve. Trevor. Yeah. She she it's in her like 
archaeology department or whatever, but it's wrapped up in a in a drape. But that was the prize of winning that competition. Right, I know what it is. Yeah. I just didn't get like it's like it just felt like she's all of a sudden she like goes up in the clouds and she comes back down. Where I'm like, where had you been keeping this thing? <laughs> I it think was she in had her to go little get it. I don't think she like went up and transformed into it. I think it, she just the she was in the wonder cave. play like that. Like she went, you know, like and no, she found it and then that was like her entrance from just coming back with it. It wasn't like she went up and you know. I hope they paid Alex Ross some royalties for that. Because they that's exactly do. what she wears in Kingdom Come. Yeah, I mean that's like that's get, yeah. that's the it's the last suit that she wears in the in the in the final battle of that comic. I'm sure he got a special thanks at the end. I'm I'm sure he did. But, but yeah, it, but that whole fight scene was terrible because it was all in the dark. You couldn't see any of it. You could right. I mean, you, the one thing you could tell was that it looked terrible. But they did it in nighttime with the close ups, like you said, and it's a real shame because the the whole cheetah dynamic i think is an interesting one but then it just comes down to one of those big messy cg fights that doesn't look any good so you've you've kind of undermined the entire thing they've built up the whole time to just it just climaxes with that terrible thing and then i'm like i'm like she won't renounce her wish is she murdering her yeah right at right. first off she because she's like electrocutes her in the water at first i seriously thought her solution was like well i'm sorry you're Fine. dead we'll just we'll just take care of this right now <laughs> but uh, i guess that just incapacitated her because she was strong enough to withhold it but but i think uh i think the writing is the number one detriment here cg bad stuff aside it's a terrible terrible script and you get some... jeff johns out of there yeah I'm serious. Like that dude had a great run in the early to mid 2000s. He did some stellar stuff. He did The Flash. He, you know, Justice Society, The Green Lantern, all, you know, Superman. He did some great stuff. Well, it works for Marvel. You know, they they started bringing in comic book guys to Marvel and they got some good movies and I don't know why but DC But then they can't. ditched everybody. But why doesn't it work for DC? Right? Like that that whole that whole Marvel brain trust got canned like right after Iron Man 2. Yeah, they stopped bringing them in. But I mean, but but why why is it why doesn't it work for DC? Why can't these comic guys that should know the material be able to write? I think good they've stuff? got the wrong guys. I think I, I think Jeff Johns is a big. I know that he is because he's the guy that brought back Barry Allen. He's the guy that brought back Hal Jordan. He's a big proponent of the Silver Age, which is fine, right? I, I get it, but that had its place, and now it doesn't have that place anymore. And I don't know. And sometimes comic guys don't transfer to film, yeah, and vice versa. Like they just can't, they can't write a com- a, a film script. Well, that might be why you have to have them as um, con- like consultants to get the accuracy of the characters and the and to understand the characters, and then get a really good writer that can write them properly with those motivations. Yeah, and I, I I don't know who that is for these right. Like we. We can't really name the writers of the Marvel stuff. Like they don't. It, you're looking at like the the directors and the cast, mm-hmm. but the writers we don't really know because it feels like that's kind of a paint by numbers thing where they have to. Feige's kind of like the overseer of that whole thing, and then those guys figure out what Feige wants. It it and, and we've it, said this before. It feels very much like like a TV show paradigm, right? Like there's a yeah, showrunner. Exactly. That says, okay, this season here's we're gonna get from point A to points to point D, and they need to hit points B and C, and now you right. get them there, and then and then they, you know, it, it it definitely feels like that, which is also why, you know, even though they brought in some great directors, 
but they've also Absolutely. they've also canned some great directors because if if you're gonna if you want to have your own artistic vision, you know the MCU ain't the place for it, right? Nope. And 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 ultimately, it's better for it because they don't they don't want to go from an Aronofsky movie to a Nolan movie to a you know what I mean? Like that's not no. What, you want to see a Marvel movie, right? And so Marvel's the star, and don't you forget it. And and if you and some people either are okay with that or they love the the properties because they grew up with the comic books they love playing in this in this toy box and they don't they don't mind putting maybe their own artistic vision on the side to work within that paradigm but and that paycheck looks real good and some don't and and i know that you know some directors have complained because they're basically like if you're the director you direct everything where they're not fighting you get to do the talky stuff Mm, and other people come in and do the action scenes and I, but honestly, like it, it works, and I think it gives a lot of directors who maybe wouldn't be very good at helming the big action scenes an opportunity to direct movies like this. And I think that's what makes these movies good is that you have talky directors directing the talky parts. Right. You're not expecting them to be good at both because you're you're going to be hard pressed to find a lot of people who are, especially to make two movies like this a year for for a decade, right? So it's like, let the talkie guys do the talkie stuff, and that's why you care about the action scenes is because you the talkie stuff pulled you in. I, I think, I think it's, it's I, a great I, model. It made me question whether or not it Patty Jenkins knows how to do action. I wonder if she is, you know. Took, that really makes me worried for Rogue Squadron. Well, after the first movie was so good, I wonder if she because of the success of that got to take over and make the decisions oh. on more of this film. And therefore, you know, didn't have anyone else's influence because the action is just not the first one has so many moments, right? Like you can yeah. remember mm-hmm. memorable moments from the first movie. There are a lot of them, you know, a lot of it has to do with the war stuff, but there's stuff in New York, there's stuff, you know, in the war, there's stuff at the party, there's stuff like all around, there's, there's great action sequences you know and there's there is no uh what is it no man's land in the, the first no man's one land i mean scene, that's yeah. a great scene that there's oh no, yeah yeah there's no scene like that in this None. movie the tank chase they, i think they were I think trying they to tried make... to have that with with uh the flying scene i think that that was they were trying to make that oh which was horrific which was dumb it was, but it's and... also just like we saw this it's the same thing as super it's the same scene as the man of steel Right, like he he walks out of the he walks out of the ship. He puts his hand to the ground and he starts flying. Like it's the same thing, but worse than this. Her. Totally, and that that CG is not great in Man of Steel. No, it's worse so, like, because it's... now that she she can fly after a man taught her how. Right, right. Like that's what the scene's showing you. A man taught her how to fly. Thank goodness but, a man yep. was there to help her. Just, no, that's exactly right. It, it seemed very cheesy, though, yeah. the way that, the ex- again, because of the writing of the film, it felt so cheap when she did it. And then the, just the, C- I think, the horrible CG of it. I mean, the Man of Steel looked fine for whatever reason, even though, you know, the CG, you could still, it still looked CG-like in that movie. But, I mean, Zack Snyder knows how to film action sequences. So even Absolutely. though even though you can tell it's CG in that movie, it's stylized in a way and Zack Snyder knows how to make it look good. So it's still you just looks can't really do the good. talky parts. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? But in, right. But in this movie, it just looked like Gal Gadot in front of a green screen, yeah. flailing her arms around, and it looked so cheesy, and it was such, like, but not in a good 80s way. It was cheesy in a... In, it, in the worst way, and it, it really there was took away. Old, there was one action movie moment in the whole movie where I was like, "That was cool," what and was that, that was when she's un, when, in the tank chase scene where she's oh underneath the when tank. she's underneath the tank and she basically like whatever pushes down to flip the car. Like I thought, yeah. or the truck. I thought that was cool, and and, and the, but beyond that, like. But that it whole was, tank chase sequence looked so terrible. It's real bad. It did. It's when they would bad. zoom in real close on a car, a guy <laughs> clearly on a set with a green screen, you know, shooting yeah. his machine gun, and they would just zoom in. It looked, it was the fakest, cheesiest looking sequence. It, everything in this movie, just action wise, felt so cheap. Uh, it, it just did not work. Um, and, you know, but I going back to, to the mall sequence again, because I want to touch on this. So with this movie, they're all like Wonder Woman 1984 and all these neon colors and it's vibrant. And it's gonna Jazzercise. be 80s. I thought the whole movie was gonna feel like the eighties, but the only thing that was eighties about this movie was the mall. Other than that, it, it, once you leave the mall and you look at the city and you look at even the outfits, you know, aside from their not funny outfit scene, like nothing about this movie felt eighties to me. Would you have been able to pinpoint this was an eighties movie outside of no. the mall sequence? I except for when they're making a joke about the outfits that they have on. No. Yeah, there, there's this movie did yeah. a terrible job of setting itself in the 80s. And so that goes back to my point of if you're going to make a throwback to the old, you know, cheesy superhero stuff and you're going to make it more of a Saturday morning cartoon or make it a, you know, uh, uh, you know, oh, well, you got, you know, it's a comic book movie. So it's supposed to be fun and lighthearted and whatever. Okay, that's fine. But keep that tone consistent because what you see in the mall with how zany and cheesy and the terrible child actors that, you know, looking back and forth at Wonder Woman, like, mm-hmm, yeah, wink, <laughs> yeah. give her okay. a wink. Uh, oh, it's Thumbs just, up. it's so terrible. You can tell that like what Tom said earlier was exactly the case. They had moments, have Wonder Woman save the kids and have them wink at each other and the little girl and keep this a secret. And, you know, in all these also, moments yeah, like, that they wanted. There's multiple times in this movie where Wonder Woman, as an adult, is encouraging children to keep a secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's true. <laughs> what? Don't what? tell them about me. What? Well, well, yeah. Don't, right. Wait, come on. Like, are, how do they not read how that plays? That's right. Awful. Yeah, it's it feels very strange. But but once they did that cheesiness, I was trying to kind of get into the campiness. And one of the things, one of the superhero properties I love the most is Batman 66. It's sure. campy. It's fun. You know, I've got the Blu-ray box set right next to me. I absolutely love that show. So if they made this in the vein of something like that, like even though that was the 60s, but if they made this 80s. If they, they made, made it an homage to the TV show. Yes. And like, like you know, like that. That could have been fun, and like, and you'd have, you'd have given them a pass because it would have would have been fun, and right. right. But if they uh, would have stuck with that tone, but right. it's like they tried to do it in this sequence, and these these bad guys were total, you know, central casting. Oh my loot, god, you know, those guys go. Those guys felt like they were out of the TV show. That's what I'm saying. Like those, that, yeah, like they, they felt g- like the bad guys in the dream sequence of a Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, so cheesy. They did not feel like real character real people those were the most 
you know, zany TV, stupid, yeah. whatever. So I'm like, okay, I've got to get used to this, but I think they're trying to set this movie in the tone of that. Then let's do that for the rest of the movie. Well, but and then they even get... show you like the other bad guys upset when the one bad guy is like, picks up a kid, picks up the kid. <laughs> and I'm like, so are these bad guys or are they not bad guys? Like, what are we doing? Right. Like those other bad guys would have used that. Even if they thought what that guy was doing was awful, they would have used that as an opportunity to run away. They would have right, not have stood right. there in horror and reacted to like hey man don't do that and then then diana ties them together and drops them off the top story of the mall onto (laughs) when they went crashing through that car i was like they're dead and they were perfectly fine and so i know that people are gonna say oh comic book movie okay but then play by those rules for the rest of the movie so they did as an insanely stupid zany comic book mall sequence but then the rest of the movie doesn't play by those zany rules she gets hurt and shot and bleeds because her powers are drained you know but the humans fell off the top story of a megaplex mall onto a <laughs> yeah. cop car and were not injured. I got news for you. The the banner that they were wrapped in wasn't a sufficient uh, shield to shield no, them from not smashing so, their bones. So I can believe one or the other. You know, are you going to have people, you know, get grazed by a bullet and, and get hurt? You know, Wonder Woman's going to get hurt. Even Wonder Woman depowered that still has some of her power is getting hurt doing more basic things. Or are you going to have people get dropped off a roof and not get hurt? Like, which rules are we playing by? I get it's a comic book movie, but you establish your world, you establish your rules and then play by it. And so that's another reason why this movie felt so disjointed. And then once we got out of the mall again, it lost most of the 80s aesthetic um, and it lost most of that like campiness of it and it goes into the more serious stuff and so i just felt like i was going back and forth between these action sequences like tom mentioned and none of it really was together and then when you got the whole steve trevor part of um i mean i guess we should just say in case people haven't watched this movie the whole crux of the thing is that uh the the guys at the mall were trying to rob a gem from a front like a jewelry store was a front for a black market antiquities trade and so which uh, is just ridiculous in itself so what they were trying to do was they were hired by the pedro pascal villain uh to max this thing that he's max lord that he's been researching and so here's the best part about that character she kills him in the comics (laughs) like maxwell lord is like a low-level telepath in the comics, he's actually the the guy who ends up funding like the Justice League International, which is like the B Squad. If you've never read that book, I cannot recommend it enough. It is basically a comedy uh, with Justice League characters, um, and he has like low level mind control. He takes control of Superman, and Diana is forced to snap his neck, and it leads to like this big. Uh, like crisis, no pun intended, in the DC universe because Diana does this on national TV, and her her motivation is like I don't have a choice. Like if he takes control of the most powerful being on the planet, we are screwed. So she snaps his neck on live TV. Yeah, it's so an it's interesting. Like, that's an interesting. I was question. like, oh man, when they announced Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, I was like, huh. I wonder if they're going to even bother trying to do that and they don't like they, they could have because so he's being national tv he's yeah. on the entire right. world right so anyway going back real quick real i want to explain while we're on max lord here like so the way they're playing him donald trump right absolutely i mean like he even looks like him really yep. i never like, picked up on that here's what donald trump looked like in like 1983 yeah wow i yeah. mean same hairstyle same, same everything ha- i mean 
he, I mean, it's the '80s though, so '80s businessman. I could. But I mean, look, look at, look at like the where hair, he's sitting, like that. the hair color, the way he comports himself, the the hairstyle. Like that's yeah. not an accident. And he's obsessed with being with not being a loser. Um, mm. Like that's the biggest insult in the world to him is if he were to lose at something. Yeah. Like, hey, guess what? He did. Yeah. But I'm just like he he looks like he looks like a young Donald Trump. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. But anyway, I really quick, I just wanted to go back to the whole the plot of this film. Yeah, though. Yeah, so so this gem that he wants to get, he's been researching, it allows you to make a wish. And so obviously oh, and so this guy we find out he's like a he's like a telemark or like a what did you call this? Like a those success gurus that talk about you can have this life and I am I'm rich and I have cars and women and money and so he's like one of these like motivation like you can too you know invest in my businesses but really he's a total failure and he wants this artifact so he can wish to you know be successful and so this gem is is the power to do that and so all of our characters all of our main characters come in contact with this gem at some point and they make a wish but what they finally eventually figure out and it's funny I turn to Katie and I go oh it's the monkey's paw and when they said that i'm like <laughs> called it but but it's like this so this thing you make a wish but then it also ruins your life basically so well, even it, though it you, takes away it takes away the one thing that is most important to you yeah that's how they and apparently des- that's diana's powers that's what they describe it as so yeah. right so uh so when Kristen wig who who works at the smithsonian she's given it by the fbi with the job to help identify it um she wish she she meets diana and their little meet cute and she is just like amazed by how smart and funny and beautiful and you know successful that she is and she wishes that she could be like her and so she ends up getting strong and powerful when diana gets it she's not really meaning to wish on it but she's like playing along and she's like oh well if i had a wish and she ends up wishing that Steve would be back, of course, uh, and then so rather than bring him back in a person, we right. bring his soul back. Okay, in but weird... in defense of the, the the movie, the rules of this item is that it's going to give you what you want. But like all these wish things, it's going to give it to you sideways in a way that you wish you never had. It. Right. So right. Like... it's also more realistic. I know we're saying realistic, but his body was destroyed rather than having them magically create a body. I appreciate that they put his soul inside of a body because I think that plays better with the rules. Like that's one thing that I do appreciate. I don't know if you're playing with like, I can bring people back from the dead with this weird monkey stone. Why not just bring the body back? You know, I could, I mean, cause it was blown up. I just, I don't know. To me, I feel like it plays better in the rules. I get that you can do whatever, but in my mind, it's creepy. I don't. I mean, I don't think they should have had sex. I think that's creepy because of the way that they did it. But I like the fact that it did not bring back his blown up body because I don't think that makes as much sense in the world as this thing having the power to somehow put his his mind, his being, to bring his bring his in being a body. back. Yeah, I don't know. So to me, that played better. But uh, Pedro Pascal uh, as Max Lord, what he actually wishes for his one wish is to become the wishing stone. And so I think it was a really interesting concept. Now, while I agree that the writing wasn't up to snuff for the entire film and there were a lot of cheesy dialogue moments and everything, I do really like how the the villains were more humanized, as in 
uh, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, she is trying to, you know, she doesn't want to be weak. She wants to have confidence. She wants to be successful. She wants people to notice her. Max Lord is a a, a scam artist, and he uh, wants to be a successful businessman, but he's a failure, and all his stuff falls through. And so I like how they were human characters who were driven by these things. And it wasn't like, you know, mustache twirling, super powerful villain trying to explode the world. I, and, and as he, Max the, Lord, the Kristen, oh man, the Kristen Wig thing. I mean, she becomes popular when she sleeps in her office and takes her shirt off or takes her dress off and pulls her shirt down. Right. Like turns her shirt into a skirt. And like that's the, they, they pull a I mean, it's definitely an 80s romantic comedy trope right. where the ugly girl becomes the hot girl. She takes off her like glasses th- and now <laughs> she flips her hair. You know? I, I think that was also the influence of the stone, though. I don't think it's just because she took her glasses off. I think it's because she's got a different s- confidence level that becomes that something. is probably true. But I just thought it was ridiculous. But that It she, doesn't play you know, that way. Yeah, no, but it's also ridiculous that Superman can take his glasses off and curl his hair and they don't know it's Superman. What are you talking about? That's not ridiculous. That's totally plausible. <laughs> you're you're just you I mean, if you're gonna play by <laughs> no, 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 rules, I totally you have agree. to I think Wonder I, Woman the, too. And this movie no right, one knows right. Diana's Wonder Woman. That she's not even trying they Well, did. okay. So I guess that they're I mean, we we pretty much find out in B V S is that she has kind of kept that under lock and key and they've she's kept that a secret. Right? right, like the scene in the mall where she's smashing out the security cameras. Right, but they're but, so they superman her. But right, but, but how at least at least not, Clark puts something on his face. Yes, how would you? you know? okay, how do any of these people? Okay, yeah, you're right. I mean, at least he acts. He, I mean, Christopher Reeve. There's nobody better. There's never been any. There's uh, never been any better. I just want rewatch the way he that sits up scene. with his posture. Yes, and acts, yeah, com- but yeah. at least he puts glasses on and changes his hair. Diana. Okay, she doesn't have her Wonder Woman outfit on and she doesn't have a crown on. Other than that, what does she do? <laughs> she talks the same way. She looks the same way. I mean, I think it's a bit ridiculous that they try to do the exact same thing with her. It just I agree. I agree. I, it, it is I mean, <laughs> she It is funny when you think about it is that Clark walks around with that body in a shirt and they're just like, "Man, that that farm boy is ripped to shreds. Man, he's very similar to Superman. Like they, they have a very similar height, build, eye color, hair color. Nah, but it, uh, same thing with her. Like she, you know, she looks exactly the same with no face covering whatsoever. Yeah, like, I, just, I just thought I, that was a little. I, bit I put like, my hair on. to the side instead smash of smash like, out the security cameras, even though all those people saw her, and then uh, even our characters. You know, these people at the Smithsonian surely have seen someone's interacted with Wonder Woman and they work with Diana every day. But anyway, right. so but but the yeah, I just the crux of this thing is this is a train wreck. And well, you're definitely. right. But the, they are lucky that the that the pandemic is the reason this got sent. To, yeah, straight I, to... I, I agree. I think that's the whole thing. But but going back to the villains for a second, though, I really like their motivations. I like that they didn't do. You know, Ares in the third act, you know, she's not Ugh. fighting a god that's smashing things and doing that whole thing. I mean, that was a direct complaint of the first one. It's just a shame that they took away everything else positive And then and apparently kind of, that wasn't Patty Jenkins' idea. I, like that's they, what they Warner, said. The, the studio they were saying wanted that Warner a, Brothers wanted that big fight and they went ahead and did it. That's what she says. But so I like the idea that they tried to correct that by giving the the villains not just superpowers, but giving them these motivations. And it's like really... You know, you got to question, are they good or bad guys? Now, Kristen Wiig, obviously, with the physical violence, gets there. But until that point, and with Pedro Pascal, it's like, 
he's an 80s businessman that wants to be successful. You know, he's not killing people. He's not trying to blow up the world and take over all this stuff. But as he gets more... He inadvertently does it. Doesn't do it on purpose. He inadvertently does it. Right. But he's not... It's not that, again, that mustache twirling world domination thing. And I like that as he got more and more powerful and got into it, it's like his body was being worn down and he needed more and more and didn't realize what he was becoming. Like, there is a very interesting concept in there. And I think what I enjoyed the most about this movie was his... Um, his character and his progression. Now, again, I don't think it was written as well as it could have been, but I at least thought it was interesting. Like those, but then parts... they try to redeem him at the end, and it's like, I, man, you Maxwell Lord is not a good character. But right? it was just like cheesy. He, he could he could be wrestling corner. He could be the Eric Bischoff of this, where he yeah. is he is putting all of the pieces together behind the scenes, and he's your big bad guy. Yeah. In at, at some other iteration, right? Like if you're going to set this in the '80s, okay, like. Uh, in in their timeline, Clark and Bruce, I mean Clark, I don't think is born yet. Clark I, in this world, I don't think he's a, he's there to like eighty seven. So Bruce could be a on his way as a boy. So she's it, unless they decide to introduce the JS. Now I'm just going off on a comic tangent, but like she she's the only hero they have at this point. Everybody, nobody else is is a, has arrived yet. So you can keep Maxwell Lord as the bad guy or just make, make the reveal at the end be that he's the bad guy. You could, but again, I also, I think humanizing these villains and having you question their motives and like, I like Maxwell Lord was not a, like besides from being kind of a con artist guy, but I don't, but he wasn't purposefully trying to scam people. Like I like that they go back in his past and they show that like, you know, he started off in like this little tiny office at a YMCA or something. And he's putting out cookies and things. And like, I think he tried to be successful and he couldn't get there and he kept failing and failing and failing. And so eventually he, instead of completely, you know, and I'm not saying this is right, but he basically caved and he's like, I'm a complete failure, but I don't want to give up on my dream. And so then he started doing the kind of uh, not pyramid scheme. What's it called? Ponzi Ponzi scheme where, you know, you take the people's money and then, you know, bankroll the next thing and blah, blah, blah. So he started doing that and then it got out of control for him. And he clearly is like pleading and begging. And he's like, I feel like it really got out of hand for him. He didn't mean to, he didn't set up trying to be a bad guy or villain or criminal. And then once he gets this power, because it's the last thing that he has left it gets that's where it starts to really get out of control because now he's given power and he wants more and he gets more power hungry and he sees i'm finally a success and i can have everything i want and so i think it's a really interesting character study and at the end of the day when they try to redeem him i think it works it's a bad scene and bad writing but i think that kid just shows up out of nowhere but i think it works in theory Again, because I don't think Maxwell Lord in this movie and his motivations is a real villain. Like, I think he's a human with flaws, and I think that he Yeah, there's had... a version of this that could have been interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, I but think they... There, there's also simple things that they just, if you think about it, they don't map out. Like, he has all these oil fields that are worthless, but then he mm-hmm. makes his wish, and now he's, got all the, now he's got all these oil fields that are dry and now have oil in them. So what that would really do would... would cause the plum the price of oil to plummet right because he would have just doubled the supply 
and well, I think it took it away from other ones, maybe. But you know that's how not how commodities paw. work. Like if 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 you have oil that's worth a hundred dollars, and and then magically I find oil that's worth a hundred dollars. Now our oil's worth fifty dollars. Like that. Well, but but the monkey's paw device in this movie still takes things from other people. I think that took the oil from other. things things and let because and then it said that he controlled a majority of the world's oil i think it took it away i don't know and so then and was, the thing at the end where he's on him? tv for like 20 minutes just repeatedly telling people to wish for something as they get their yeah. wishes there's there's no way you will co- ever convince me that over five or ten minutes of him doing that on national tv worldwide there wasn't one person who wished for him to shut the f up <laughs> well the big the biggest plot here seriously there's a huge 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 plot hole in this movie you know how he's granting all those wishes like you were just talking about through the tv and people gave their wish did you notice that his son wished for him to be back yeah yeah well he'd he'd already blown his wish because he asked for his dad to be good he granted cheetah more than one wish i guess that's true so he has the power to apparently do it more than once but there there was like a random dc comics easter egg like the guy that calls him out stag mm. that's a thing in the comic like stag industries is a thing in the comics that's yeah. that's the corporation that creates metamorpho and i was like man that is about as deep as a cut that's deeper than guardians of the galaxy like that's well there's <laughs> um there's jeff johns for you there sneaking that stuff oh yeah in. absolutely that's a, a silver that, age yeah. guy yeah um but yeah so i you know the characters but that's the thing that it's it's a lot of really flat dialogue a lot of really bad writing and and the 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 actors we know these are good actors right i mean they're kristen wig can be very good as we've seen well, Pedro she's really Pascal coming to her own for sure be, is great in game of thrones and obviously in mandalorian he's had some gut punch scenes that he's mm-hmm. really nailed i mean we know he's good um gal gadot was great in the first Wonder Woman, you know, it, when given the right material, all these people we know can pull their weight. It's just the script was not there and the series of moments that they wanted were not strung together properly by this terrible script. And so, and that with the combination of the terrible CG made the whole thing fall apart. And it's, I mean, it's crazy when you look online and I'm not talking about film critics, I'm talking about audiences. It is amazing how few people liked this movie where it is usually it's like critics versus audiences type thing. Oh my God. The Facebook feed is completely flooded with people just you know audiences saying how let down and awful it was this movie would have had such bad word of mouth after opening weekend in theaters oh yeah big yeah. time what did we know do we have numbers on it at all no they sat on them they uh they mm. they uh what was the other movie that opened this weekend the news of the world mm-hmm. it made okay. 1.1 million dollars this weekend but warner brothers did not release their preliminary weekend numbers for wonder woman did we get did promising young woman come out this weekend? Yes, it did. Okay. So here's the deal with this simultaneous release. Rotten Tomatoes had a thousand reviews of this movie in the world. One thousand, which is nothing. Two hundred and some odd critics, eight hundred people. The only way you can verify it is if you go to the theater and get a ticket, right? So that's how Rotten Tomatoes now tracks so that you can't just have the you know, those trolls. Alt, the yeah. actual alt right troll people spamming things. So if you're going to go to the theater during a global pandemic and watch something you could watch at home, you're probably predisposed to really want to like this movie. 
already. Yeah, yeah I was and in that so, boat. You know, those people are going to the theater to see Wonder Woman in a pandemic when they could have just pressed play. So I'm guessing that those people and the audience reaction is high because they're already going to probably like the movie. But that also shows you how small of a number. That's such a small sample of less than 800 people verified you know, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I think the number that watched on HBO Max is ginormous, which is to be expected. I mean, we're it, still in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, it's right. And and this was a this was a big budget uh, summer movie that is people can now watch in their homes. And I think Disney was smart to counter program it with Soul. I think that's a that was a smart move. Uh, you get eyeballs on your product, yeah. and you don't split your audience. Right, you're gonna get it's, it's two subscriptions. It's very simple, uh, and you're not taking a, a hit. I guess Wonder Woman. I guess it would be Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman in this case was not gonna take a hit because of Soul. Right. Well, like, I I don't know if you can even see it through that prism anymore because right. it used to be if you're gonna you know if you want to if you're if you're a family of four and you want to go see a movie, you know you're looking at you know forty to eighty dollars. Oh sure, you know. Sure, so true. so to go see Soul and Wonder Woman in the same weekend was a non-starter. But now, for for twenty bucks in monthly subscriptions, you can see them both, and you don't even and, have to see them on the same day. You can see them. You can if you want. So I mean, I I don't know that they even compete in the same way that that they that they did in a in a theatrical release paradigm you know that's sure, the whole that deal sense. right on demand that's the whole streaming is yeah. watching movies and television on your time not when they want to air it on you know on cable so that's the whole thing is that you've got this convenience now so yeah i i, I agree you can't really compare them that way i'm sure people if they wanted to they would watch both because uh, you know they both have a similar even though this is clearly more adult, but still, it's a superhero movie that's not overly violent, uh, overly with curse words and things like. They're going to reach the same audiences, and I'm willing to bet most people watch them both. And uh, there's a good chance if 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 you have HBO Max, you probably already have Disney Plus for sure, absolutely. So yeah. you already have have spent the money, and then also Disney Plus one is fairly inexpensive. And and it, mm-hmm. it's even cheaper if you did some of those pre-launch deals. I mean, I ended up getting four years of it. It came out to like four fifty a month or something by the yeah. time. Yeah, I'm still not paying for it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's interesting. No, but I mean I'm not. I mean I got a year for free. I just yeah. want to say that. Yeah. Like, I had it. I'm not yeah. stealing it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the movie, just the way that it ends is Max Lord is able to take over, uh, well, he climbs the ladder, which, again, I think this is a really interesting premise. He goes to world leaders, you know, he goes to businessmen and world leaders, and he is able to have them wish for things that they want, and they do the monkey's paw thing. Basically, it's like the gem, or he, who has become the gem, gets to take something from them so they make their wish and then he ends up making go bad for them and he gets a certain benefit and he does that climbs the ladder he goes all the way up to the president of the united states who wishes for all these nuclear warheads uh and then he ends up getting the power the Oh, the command and respect of the office. <laughs> Weird, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he ends up getting that. and uh, uh, in, But in trade now, Russia sees that the U.S. has all these nuclear warheads. So now they want to fight. So that's his negative thing. But he climbs up and up and up. And he eventually gets control of this broadcast system, which is like this top secret technology that allows uh, their system to take over any electronic video device. So he wants which... to start his own cable news channel. Go on. 
<laughs> Continue. And so he broadcasts himself saying, hey, I have the power to grant your wishes. All you have to do is wish for what you want. And so he is able to just take on wishes from everyone around the entire world and he's using that to become more powerful to heal himself because the his powers are draining on him so he's like taking their 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 health and their organs and their you know whatever and so all this is happening and diana meanwhile as we mentioned earlier she her monkey's paw negative effect is that because she has steve her powers have been draining and so her powers are draining more and more and more eventually she has to give up steve which is that scene that you know we we were talking about relating to her that scene worked because of the first one it did i mean because you're like wow she loved him she got him back finally and didn't want to give up and then she had to by running away i think you know that's one of the more impactful moments of the film but she actually i like the way that worked is like she's she's battle damaged right she's got bullet holes Mm -hmm. and scrapes and And then as soon as she renounces the wish like they heal and she's off to the races and i like that she just left she just did it because doesn't look back you know tore off the band-aid and uh and so she gets her powers back but at this point max lord has become so powerful that even with her powers she can't touch him he is he you know he's got the whole world wishing and he's getting power each time and so what it basically comes down to is her whispering in the corner during an extremely loud and noisy scene i hate 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 when characters whisper during a loud sequence like he'd be able to hear her She's, right, right, right. she's doing the most quiet, but, you know, do, are you sure that you want this because blah, 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 like whispering to the camera. It's <laughs> during a scene where it's like windy. It's like a tornado's going on. Furniture's flying around the room, you know, but anyway, so somehow he hears her whispering in the corner about, you know, is this what you really want? And uh, he realizes that, you well, know, she says, she's like, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to them. Yeah. And so she's been broadcast like because the lasso of truth is wrapped around his ankle. She's been broadcasting over his through broadcast. him. Yeah. And so she's talking to people and somehow she gets the entire world, the entire world to give up their wishes. You don't think that there's two, three million people that would no, not I, do that? Yeah, I don't. And here, here's why I, I, I don't call that one out. It's because she used the lasso of truth. Really? Because they could see that what she was saying was true. Okay. That they that they did get because I, I I had the same thought initially like come on and in the same way that I'm like somebody would have told would have said I wish you'd shut up and right, then they would have gotten it the whole world yeah but but because she used the lasso of truth it showed people that what she was saying was true in a way that that like at their core they wouldn't deny so they gave up their wish that so that was every how I, I person that. in the entire world well, I, if, if you if you buy into the lasso of truth. Yeah. then that's what it does, right? I guess, yeah, I guess, though, like, the way that, yeah, I, I mean, okay, and in, in the comic book thinking, I that checks out. I guess that's the best explanation I could possibly imagine, so, okay. Um, but he eventually is able to see that the the everything that he's done, his building has been ransacked by people, and his son is scared and calling for him and everything, and he realizes that it's going to cost him his son, which is the one person that he basically is doing this all for. At the core of his character, he wants to be successful and prove to his son that he's not a loser and now he's got all this power but he's about to lose his son and his son's going to be hurt he's running away scared so he decides to clean up his act and he 
takes his helicopter back to the, the White House, and the son comes running out of the woods. You know, <laughs> just like where was that kid? First, I, we the last time we saw him, he was running down a freeway. I, yeah, and then all of a sudden, we find him in the woods. The line of the, the lawn of the White House, or something. I think is <laughs> yeah, where they were. Yeah. But I don't know. So he lands there, and they they reunite. And again, like in theory, I like the idea of it. I just wish it would have been written and presented better. Um, and then Kristen Wiig, you know, she's one of the many people that renounces her powers. So we see that she's gone back to normal. What's her character name, Joe? Barbara um, Ella. Barbara. Minerva, Barbara. I think. Okay. Barbara something. But either, uh, like, it's interesting because the only reason I find it interesting is she is a part of the Legion of Doom. Um, Hawk and, and Animal? Kind of... No. <laughs> well oh. done. <laughs> it's the Road Warriors, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, which one's the Legion of Doom? It's the same one. They just yeah. Vince gave him a different name okay. because, you know, God forbid he... So I was right. Don't try to correct great. me. No, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they and they kind of hinted that they were building that with Deathstroke and um, Lex Luthor and then Cheetah and I was like, well, okay, like we're well building to something. And now, I, I, honestly, I, they just need to scrap the whole thing. The DC Cinematic Universe is littered with abandoned projects. Yeah, Ocean Master. I forgot about. We forget. I forget that that's even a movie. <laughs> I, you know the the DC movies have been kind of on a roll. We've we talked about this that Shazam, Aquaman, as dumb as it was, I mean it was certainly way better than this movie. Like I'd with, watch Aquaman before with, this oh, without yeah. without a doubt. Not even that's not even a question. Like yes, completely. Um, what was the Wonder Woman the original one? Yeah. Like they were on a roll with their movies. The Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Okay, I'd watch that before this. Like 100%. you know that was what it was. Yeah, but, but but on top of this, yeah, way better. Yeah. Um, you know, and this really just kind of takes us back to that. I don't know. I mean, I know that it's only one and we had three or four that were. That's the thing, though, man, is you you can make you can make little mistakes. You can make a couple big mistakes along the way Mm. because you can correct those. But when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, that's where you have a problem. And with all our complaints, we never even talked about the fact that Steve Trevor can apparently fall through a wormhole in time 60 years and know how to fly a jet. Correct. A jet from 1984. I mean, right. the way they explained that was just that flying is such so intuitive to him that he... No. That's dumb. Yeah. That's dumb. No. They like tried he, to, though, where yeah. he was like, gas, where, you know, it's not... You know, like where's he, the engine? He figured where's it the, out where's the, because, where's the ignition? you know, flying is everything. I mean, she says so many times in the movie that she's so impressed by flying is so second nature to him and she could never do what he does. Let's, let's not forget... This movie opened up with them not letting her win that contest because she took the shortcut. She's mad at Cheetah for stealing that item off of her desk. And then they turn around and steal a jet <laughs> so they can fly somewhere in it. I, I, I did not like how Wonder Woman's solution was to steal and do. Yes, it undermines. Steal and then turn it invisible. It undermines everything in this movie that she turns. Yes. They turn around and steal a jet. I did not, with all those security people and everything, that really, it did rub me the wrong way. Okay, she works there, and she scanned her security badge to get through all those doors. Right, 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 right. She's on record. There's there's a record of that. As Diana has stolen that jet, and she had armed guards after her, and that's like a historical artifact kind of thing. Like, I mean, that's a high-value a weapon i guess you'd kind of say it's like a fighter jet so i don't yeah, know like that's just, a that's a i mean that's a that's an act of treason yeah and, <laughs> and uh and uh 
like airspace and stuff, right? Like that's yeah, a, you can't, probably a federal. Yeah, like you crime. you have to file flight plans. You don't just get to go fly. You don't just without, get to go to Cairo. Yeah, and also so I, really, I don't think a jet would fly that far. Yeah, I mean he mentions in the movie he's like you can go from here to there on one tank. Yeah, like I don't think seemed, you can. <laughs> yeah, but Maybe uh, because they turn it invisible. It but also. What's the deal with, I mean, this is basically, maybe it's not quite as bad, but this is almost as bad as a battleship being at a museum and having fully armed warheads on the ship. It's like, why is this museum plane fueled up and working and (laughs) ready to go? It hasn't been maintained. It's sitting there at a museum. That's right. Why is it just good to go? I didn't even think, like, this movie is so ridiculous, I didn't even think about that part. Where it's like, why would it be fully fueled and ready to go? (laughs) Yeah, it's a museum plane. They're not going to just keep it And why would the ignition switch be operable? Why could you even turn it on? Why why would it even function properly? Yeah, and again, these are nitpicky things, but in this movie... Like I said, a bunch of little mistakes, and it just adds up. Yeah, I, guess I, we should I, say I don't that the, think ex- I don't I honestly I don't feel like expecting I don't feel like having someone who last flew a plane in like 1918 be able to fly a jet is is a little mistake. I no, think. no, no. I agree. I think we're we're nitpicking about like the jet the fuel, fuel and right. the ignition more. switch that works. But yes, having Steve Trevor who only flew a plane in World War One being able to immediately figure out how to fly a completely different group of technology in 1984 without a problem. Because I also would make the argument that if it was reversed, if he was from 1984 and you put him back in 1919, he probably wouldn't be able to fly that plane either. Nope. No, you would. Nope. Yeah, it'd be a totally different thing. Um, but that whole thing at the beginning, that you know, that cheesy competition with the terrible CG and everything, I mean, it was clearly... So it was so heavy-handed, set up as you know, Chekhov's Amazon Golden competition, <laughs> yeah, and all that. But it's like, what what were they trying to say? I've watched the movie, I guess, one and a half times. I didn't finish it a second. There's time not, they're not saying. I was thinking the same thing. I but was you like, know what I mean? Like they don't, that, they're not telling us anything. But that whole sequence in the beginning was set up to teach us a lesson by the end of the movie. But. As I feel Tom like it was. Out, I feel like it was just a vehicle to get us to the golden suit. No, I know, but I, but clearly I, there was a lesson. What was the lesson that she learned? I can't really don't cheat, but she did like along the way. Yeah, yeah. I where, think where I don't think there was a lesson at all. I think the lesson was they wanted an excuse to show you to go back to the Amasia or however you say it and the mascara. Okay, the mascara <laughs> and uh uh. And, and that was it. Like they they were like, yeah. oh well, that was a very popular scene. We have to do it again. That's just crazy. I, th- I don't because... think they're wrong. I mean, they bring back Robin Wright for what th- three minutes yeah. and yeah. Connie Nelson for three minutes. But it was such was a it. but it was such a heavy handed moment that they must have cut something or changed along the way because I get why they wanted to go back there. But her whole lesson thing was such a like a bullet point in bold. Agreed. I think that they, they changed. I, I, the only thing I can figure is that there were some sort of reshoots and they changed stuff in the yeah, third act. There were the, the cold Christmas scene is a reshoot. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. But yeah, there was no connective tissue to me. Like where I was at the end of the movie, I was like, what were they trying to say with that scene? Yeah. And it, 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 it didn't work. There was no real through line. And I was disappointed that along the way she took shortcuts and did things that she was not supposed to do. And she's supposed Supposedly, was supposed to learn that lesson. Um, I don't know. It, it, well, we it should just, probably talk about the mid-credit scene before. Yeah, we, which, which was horrible. I mean, you know what? I don't think it was horrible. I, I thought it was horrible. 
if the so movie cheesy. had been better, it would not have been horrible. Yeah, that's it, true. It was so, just like the. It was just like after all that, you're just like you're not cute. Cut it. No, out. it wasn't right, cute. That's right, the right, thing right, is, yeah. it was so winky at the camera. And well, she literally I, winked at the camera, right? She, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So well, yeah, so the, the in the beginning we were told of the legend of the 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 Amazon that wore this armor for the first time, and that scene irritated me when she like throws the lasso around him to show to show this, and I'm like, you could just tell him the story. Like, there's nothing right. gained by throwing the lasso <laughs> around him. Like, it's like you just could, tell him the story. Just it's tell him the story. We know you're not going to lie about well, it. Well, she showed it to him. Okay, but like you could have just told him the story. Like they make this big deal. Like I have to do this to you, but why? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he, she is the she's the Amazon that kept the the Isle of Man at bay. Who apparently were the 300 Spartans, while I guess Zeus hid the island. Uh, they think that she died, which I mean, again, Chekhov's story. Right. Uh, at the at the end credit sequence, when they were like, they were like, she sacrificed herself. We think she herself. died. She never they, came back. They, they made it very clear that it's like, yeah, this person isn't dead. Like, right. The way they told it, you're like, yeah, no. They show me so, the body. <laughs> you know? Well, we saw the body. Uh, she's throwing beams from smashing children. So we get a a shot of a woman walking away from the camera. Um, who immediately I was like, okay. Like this is if they're gonna do this, I guess this is the one person it could be. Uh, well, and, and it's Linda Hamilton. There's Linda, Linda Carter. Carter. Well, Linda I Hamilton. feel like they're trying to like they're showing her from behind with her long black hair. They're trying to make you like they're trying to make you think it's that Diana. it could be Diana. And it's like, but clearly that's not what we're doing in a mid credit sequence. We know how film works, right? Especially these movies at right. this point. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, they, yeah, never they never fool you for a second. But like, I was expecting. Here's the thing: like this movie, I felt like. I'm really questioning if there will be a third one after there won't be after this I honestly film. don't there's no way and I'm like they didn't even have a post credit scene where they set up a villain or another plot I point. have to believe that flash is gonna reset this whole thing let's hope like that I mean if you're bringing back Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck and all of these you know if you're bringing doing all of this if they're doing the multiverse call her Diana like, why does she have to be this? Like, if they're if they're leaning into this multiverse thing, just make her be another version of Diane. Because older I don't version. think I don't think this plan coincided with their reset button. Like, oh, like I I think, think this was already in the can. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it was at least planned out, and I think that they clearly want to do a third one. Patty Jenkins wants to. Gal Gadot want to make a third one. I don't think they. I don't think they're on board with just being reset and there never be this Wonder Woman existing anymore. So, I I, I don't think that. This is a part of that reset, but if it doesn't do very well, well it's going to be. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can see it falling into like, yeah, we're not getting another one because how do they just now? If if they're now, but now the metrics are different, right? Now the metrics are just did anybody watch it? Right, right. So like, it's going to get a lot of watch because if you already it's paid, free, it's if you've already paid for HBO Max, you might as well watch it. Right, I did it, but. I get the Christmas Day watches, but in week two, is anyone going to subscribe to HBO Max after hearing how terrible this movie is? That's going to be the the question. No, no, I think I think they got their subscribers already. It's going to be hard to to pull that up to disentangle that right because they've already announced that all of their 2021 slates right. coming out. So people are probably still going to sign up for all those other movies. And and so but when the question is, when will the memberships come? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. is they're going to be able to judge. Do we get signups right before 
I don't know. Oh, Dune, right before Wonder right Woman, before, or before Godzilla. Right, right. They're going to know when the the influx came, so they're going to see the Christmas ones. Clearly, I'm sure they made millions, if not ten million. You know, whatever they made, I'm sure they made a ton right here. But they're going to look at week two, and after the performance of this movie, did anyone sign up? next week and then right. also a month from now did how many renewed but it and i would say it's, it's really going to come down to renewals because ultimately you can only play the how many people signed up game for so long at some point you kind of sure. hit critical mass yeah. and you're not going to see these double digit percentage jumps in in, in subscriber yeah. bases because you know i mean how you know how much can netflix really move the needle upwards uh, you know it's probably about is maxed out so it's just they're as high as they can go yeah you know yeah but the other thing i mean they're also gonna do the justice league which i think will be another bump yeah if they don't already have it right and that's the justice league i think is in march the snyder cut yeah yeah i think i think so Uh, so and and you know that that's what they want is i don't honestly i don't think that they care enough they just want to get that subscriber rate up and they're just going to do whatever they can do for the next year to get that as high, to yeah. get that as it's never going to come close to Netflix. That's the bottom line. It's not. Um, but I think they're going to do whatever they can to get it that high. Yeah, I I'll be interested because I, some analysis will come out of the subscribers. I'm sure at some point, and I think that they're going to have a very large drop off in the next month's numbers, and I think their subscribers in the next month are going to be very low. Their additions to this because. The word of mouth, I've seen so much terrible. I mean, word I don't know that they'll this. get that much drop off though, because here's the thing: is this movie a turd? Absolutely. Is HBO Max a turd? Absolutely not. So if right. this movie pulls you into HBO Max, and then you say, "Okay, that movie's awful," but like, look at all this other stuff I got. Oh, this is worth sticking around for. Plus, I know that I'm gonna get Justice League and and in whatever other Warner Brothers movies are coming Dune up. or Godzilla. Right. right. Or, so it's yeah. like I I mean I I think at the end of the day. It still probably served its purpose, and people aren't going to judge the entirety of HBO Max on a substandard Wonder Woman movie. They're right, you know. Yeah, it's I don't still know. A good it's product. just expe- it's expensive is the problem, and people. I know a lot of people that have canceled their Netflix and Hulu when they were like six dollars a month because they're like, oh, I'm trying to save money, and it's like this is fifteen a month. So. Yes, is it a great service, but also we watch a lot more stuff than maybe the average person, and they already have Netflix, and they might have Hulu. So, you know, to pay 15 a month is asking a lot from people, and I'm just not so sure that people, you know, the, the general audiences are willing to do that. I, and uh, I mean, people were watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. And, and, and nobody was like, I can't, I mean, you didn't really hear the outcry of like, I can't afford to watch Game of Thrones and HBO Max doesn't cost any more than, than it did to add HBO to your cable subscription. And you don't have to have that $80 base to get HBO anymore. So it's like, I, I just, but you have 20 other streaming services now. That's the, that, that's also the people is, would like, cancel when they were done. Like, yeah, people are HBO, the, you stuck around for game of Thrones because that was a cultural phenomenon. And then you canceled it right after. And I don't, yeah. And I don't think that there's anything like that right now. I think there's stuff that like kind of pop in and out like the vow or, um, any of those HBO shows yeah. or the shows on stars, but I don't think there's anything that is capturing that. It doesn't have that water cooler moment. I think it's ha- getting harder and harder to have a water cooler moment. Well, that yeah. well, especially with the pandemic, Tom, good Lord. 
Well, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, bring, bring your own water to work. Yeah, Jesus six Christ. feet away water. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think it's getting I, I, things are getting more and more fragmented. And honestly, I think that's one of the sad things about the kind of demise of theaters that we've seen is that that was kind of the last water cooler moment. These big yeah. giant movies and. And now we don't have those either. Even when they're big giant movies, they're still living on these streaming ecosystems. But I, you know, but I, you know, I, I just I think that compared to cable, it's still it's still cheaper to, to absolutely scoop up these I individual, agree. you know, because before you were paying, you know, 70 to 80 bucks a month and then adding HBO or Cinemax. Right. And, and now so, you're paying 15 to get it all. Right. So yeah. I, I still think economically it's it's. It's an easier achievement than it was previously. But Agreed. So I guess that's it for that one. We should Yikes. probably just talk about what we've learned <laughs> from Wonder Woman. So we've learned that it's okay to have non-consensual sex. <laughs> we've learned that you should keep secrets from your parents. We should, we've learned that if you fall in love after losing a loved one, you weren't really in love with them. But it's okay <laughs> to move on if that man grants you permission and also From beyond the grave. Right. And if you do have superpowers, you can improve them if you listen to a man. So thank you, Wonder Woman, for sharing all of that <laughs> with us. Those are valuable lessons that I think we can all take into our everyday lives. So hat tip to Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins. And Patty Jenkins. Yeah. And Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns, of course. Yeah. Of course, because the man. I right. should have listed the man first. Exactly. My apology. Yeah. To yeah. the ladies. So <laughs> so I guess uh, that's it for this one. Let's uh, go around the virtual table and we can all say where to find ourselves. This is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joey Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. You can follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Don't forget, we are available uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out, and we greatly appreciate it. So, coming up on the next one, I guess we will tackle Disney Pixar's Soul. So, thanks for tuning in, and until then, Kara returns the Omega Hedron to Argo City. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.